0: If we want to list every way Spreaker can help podcast publishers, well... We need a podcast of our own. Whether you're in charge of long-running series with extensive backlogs or countless limited series, you can organize and monetize your entire catalog with Spreaker. With Spreaker's customizable publisher plan, you can add collaborators, analyze extensive listener analytics, and even share exclusive content through custom RSS feeds. And that's just for starters. Head to Spreaker.com to learn more. That's S P R E A K E R.com. To the Porcher on Firefall Talk Radio. I'm Richard Grund. You know what? This is where we get back to basics, the red letter basics, examining the Word of God, following the example of the book of Acts Church. And in doing so, we discover how the early church served the Lord. We delve deeper into scripture. We don't water it down. We don't filter it. And in doing so, we discover the church the Lord intended and not the one that man created. The Porch is an online community of believers, restoring the priesthood to the believer and regaining the world-shaking influence that the early church had. The church age is still in effect. The day of Pentecost is ongoing. The fire of the upper room still burns. The Porch is an outreach of Solomon's Porch, Inc., a Florida non-for-profit, since January of 2000. Go to onsolomonsport.org to connect with us or you can go to Firefall Talk Radio at firefalltalkradio.com. Contact us there as well. Make sure you bookmark the Spreaker site for Firefall Talk Radio, the main broadcasting site. You can subscribe to us on the Spreaker app. Get updates when new podcasts and new broadcasts are going up. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. Make sure you favorite Spreaker, and favorite the shows. Share them. They're downloadable. They're archived. We're also found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and we're back on Blog Talk Radio. I was offered uh, the opportunity to come back at a reduced rate, and I decided, you know what? Let's get the word out. Let's increase our reach. More to come. We're going to start po- podcasting, broadcasting, whatever you want to call it, on other streaming venues. We need to get this word of the kingdom out there. If you want to support what we do, you can go to firefalltalkradio.com, bottom of the page. There's a PayPal link. Or you can use the Venmo app, which is easier to use and has less fees. We're found as at the Ampersign Firefall Media Group, one word, uppercase on the F, the M, and the G. We appreciate your support and encouragement. Give us the Lord leads and thank you to each and every one of you who support what we do. Now anyone not wanting to hear the community part of the porch can jump directly to the chapter marked shofar and go right into the lesson. I keep telling you these dates because I believe they have a special meaning in 2020. Rosh Hashanah, the Feast of Trumpets, September 19th, three days later, September 22nd. It's first day of fall and the autumnal equinox. Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, September 28th. Sukkot, the Feast of Tabernacles, October 3rd through the 9th, as I've said each week. People are pointing towards the Feast of Tabernacles as some major event, some prophetic event, some release of the blessings. We're looking, we're watching, we're believing. We start out with praise reports and prayer requests because how can we not? How can we not praise him? How can we not praise the God of all creation, our Heavenly Father? How can we not praise our Lord and Savior who did what he did for us to be reconciled to our Heavenly Father? So I praise him. I praise him for the home that I'm sitting in that allows me to do this, the the rooms, the technology, everything I have. My, My wife of 40 years well if you count the months it's 40 plus years but we we we'll just leave it at that um my family my sons my daughter-in-law my grandsons you know i say that every week but it means a lot to me i'm i'm an old world new york italian still at heart i'm i'm a new york italian we see things differently and legacy and bloodlines and things like that were always important and they still are And God has blessed me with a legacy. We're thankful for our furry kids, for all of our possessions, everything that He's given us, all that we call ours in His name. You should be thankful for yours. I praise Him for the protection that He offers us, the Psalm 91 covering, even in the midst of the storm, we can hide under the shadow of His wings. I praise Him for the ministry that He allows me to work, that'll always be His for the dreams and the visions. I praise him for his healing virtues that are still available to us. I'm telling you right now, believe and receive. Whatever it is you need, believe with all your heart that he is capable and willing and receive it in Yeshua's name. I praise him to praise him. I praise him for everything. I praise him rising up. I praise him lying down. I praise him going out. I praise him coming in. I thank him. Thank him for his favor, for divine revelation, that he would tell us what he's doing, that he would include us in the process. I praise him for being a new creation, for living in these prophetic times, for living in America that with all of its problems, with all the things going on, nobody's kicking down our doors to stop us from worshiping him. No one's putting us in jail for worshiping him, at least not for the most part. There are places that try it, but then they're reminded, hey, this is America. I praise him for the signs that he's giving us, that he's getting ready to return. I believe that he is. Can't put a date on it, but the signs are all there. So I want to get ready. I want you to be ready. So let's pray. Let's pray for the Middle East, Israel, and the peace of Jerusalem. Psalm 122, verse 6. Pray. For the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. With everything going on in the Middle East right now, some of which we hear about on the news, some of which you have to watch other international news sites to find out. There's a lot going on prophetically. Pray for the fatherless, the widows the innocents, the victims of injustice, the slaughter of the innocents in and out of the womb, both human and animal. We mistreat his creation for the missing and exploited children, the victims of sex trafficking, human trafficking. You know, it's always been a pet peeve of mine, but I told you in January, SRT was focusing, it was focusing prayer on it. We were hitting it. We're exposing it on social media. It's satanic, it's demonic, and it must stop for our brothers and sisters around the world being slaughtered and persecuted for their faith in Jesus and Yeshua. Don't forget them. Don't take for granted your life. Pray for them. Remember them. The persecution, the anti-Semitism, the things that are growing, the ugliness on social media. I dealt with it today pointed out to somebody that their comment was dumb and anti-Semitic. And they kind of mocked me and said it was true. It's not true. It's satanic. We know that. We must stand fast. We must stand with Israel. And we must remember that we are grafted into the vine. Some of us have Jewish blood in our veins. We were born into it. But we all stand together. We stand against the spirit of the Antichrist, bolder and bolder, getting ready for the personal unveiling, thinking that it's going to be a sure thing, forgetting that the church is still here, the Holy Spirit is still here, the resistance is still here. I pray for divine wholeness, health, and continued healing as we get back to our divine design. Stop speaking to things as they are. Understand that whatever's going on in your life, whatever's going on in your body, does not line up with his will, does not line up with the kingdom, and start speaking to it to get in alignment with it. Whatever it is, if it's physical, tell yourselves to go back to their divine design. If it's financial, if it's marital, whatever it is, speak to it as it should be. If the enemy's involved, petition the Lord to rule on your behalf. The enemy's a liar. He's a thief. And there are rules in place. There are laws in place in heaven and on earth that he must abide by. Petition the king. Petition the judge. Everyone, I prayed for your healing. Believe it. Speak it out right now. If you're sick, if you're hurting, just believe it. Speak it out. And this isn't name it and claim it as some talk about. That's not what I'm talking about. Line it up with the Word. Pray through your situation. Make your petition known to the Lord and line it up with the Word. I'm, I'm praying that the remnant that I've been speaking to, that I've been preaching to, that I've been ministering to and walking with to wake up, rise up, answer the call to action. I'm calling for those who have been blessed to be a blessing. Stop hoarding God's blessings. If he gave them to you, he wants you to do something with it. If you don't know what to do with it, just reach out. We have needs. Firefall has needs. SRT has needs. The porch, everything we're doing here, the dreams and the visions are much bigger than I share with you publicly. Maybe you know somebody. Tell them. Give them the link. Give them my information. Open the conduits of your blessings, Lord. We're believing you for you to fund the dreams and the visions and the missions. We're going to become highly mobile, highly effective. Doesn't matter what the shutdown is. We're going to drive. We're not going to fly. We're going to own our own equipment. Hollywood's going to need content. and We're going to be there to deliver it. And It's going to be anointed content to shine the light into the darkness and dispel it. I ask you to continue pray for divine favor in legal matters that, unfortunately, we live in a fallen world with a corrupt world system, and the legal matters and adversities still plague our family. So join with us in prayer. And of course, let's pray for our lost family members, folks. I don't I don't know how much time we have. Somebody asked me that. I, do, I don't know. The signs are all there that the dominoes could fall into place and it could be over. Do you want... It to be over without you having told them about the Lord. Told them about your walk. And don't beat them over the head with the Bible. I've never heard anywhere where that works. Might get you arrested. Just tell them what the Lord has done for you. Tell them about his love. Junior in Oklahoma. I haven't heard from him in a while. Will I hear from him on social media. But he's got a prayer request for the, for the porch. His father-in-law has cancer. He has leukemia. He's in the ICU, his liver's failing, his organs are starting to shut down. His life hasn't been the best of things. He's had some sin issues in his life, but about a year ago, when he got the leukemia, those issues stopped, and he started reading the Bible, and it began to change. Junior says he believes it's going to pass very soon, but also believes that they will see him in the kingdom. So his prayer request is for his wife and mother-in-law to be strong during the passing. So, Father, we just pray the peace that surpasses all understanding on Junior and his family. Let your will be done, Lord. Glorify yourself in the midst of this and have mercy. Stacy in Texas wanted to send a quick update. New job's going well. She's thankful for it. Continue to pray for her. And Neil starts his new position this week as well. And uh, trying to get the kids ready to start online at the same time. I was going to say something about this whole virtual schooling thing and everything that's going on, but I'm, I'm going to let it go for now. Kim in Fort Mitchell said she's doing well. She's fine. It's been a rough week. Kids are starting virtual learning. Her, her classes have started back up, and, of course, she's working. Uh, she has a huge – I do have a huge prayer answered. The baby's going back to the daycare he loves. They finally open back up starting on Monday. Another praise report was God teaching me a lesson of of obedience this week that she needed to learn. She wrote a note to self. If you keep hearing the Holy Spirit saying no and everything in the sky to view screams no in a certain situation, listen to it. You probably should put that on your refrigerator, Kim. Self-will is such a tricky thing. I also praise him for my salvation and sobriety, as well as my children, my family, friends, loved ones, the porch community, and her dog, Bruno. He says, Father, thank you for protecting us and keeping us safe. Thank you, Lord, for providing for us. Please continue to do so. Bless us and favor us in Yeshua's name. Well, Lord, you know it all. You know what we care about. We know we've been praying against what's going on since almost the beginning of time, what they're doing to children, what they're doing to people, how the rich and the global elite have gotten away with it for years. And we just pray you shine your light upon it, that you would pull everything out into the light, reveal every hidden thing, no matter who's involved. But, Lord, you left us in a fallen world, but you said you wouldn't forsake us. You were coming back for us, and we count on that. That is the blessed hope on which we set all of our hope. So we thank you, Father. We thank you for loving us. We are your children. How awesome it is we can say that. We've been reconciled to you, Abba, Father, Papa. And we love you with all of our heart, all of our mind, all of our soul, all of our strength, everything that is within me. And we're trying to do our best to love our neighbors ourselves. Sometimes that's not easy, but Lord, we thank you that you showed us how, and the Holy Spirit can help us. Lord, thank you for the cross. Thank you for the blood. Thank you for paying for our debt. Thank you for rising again and sitting at the right hand of the Father and allowing us to sit with you in the heavenly places. Holy Spirit, we thank you for coming and walking with us and teaching us and reminding us, and we ask you to join us. Join this Bible study. Open hearts and minds. Let revelation come. Let this Word come alive. Let the Spirit of the living God, that fire of the upper room, the revelation, open up our hearts and minds, souls and spirits. Let us receive so that we can take it out into the world, that we can be a light shining in the darkness. So Lord, bless us, protect this time, protect the technology, and I pray all these things in Yeshua's name, amen. Lessons are proprietary information except where noted the information comes from outside sources. The combination of that information, the matter presented, is exclusive, cannot be repeated or used without permission. The date of this broadcast serves as the registered date of the following information. So we're still talking about the kingdom of God. That's the focus. That's the topic. That's the place that I believe I've been called this year to lead you into. And last week I gave you a John Wesley quote. Let me read it to you again. Give me 100 preachers who fear nothing but sin and desire nothing but God, and I care not a straw whether they be clergymen or laymen. Such alone will shake the gates of hell and set up the kingdom of God upon earth. And it made me think, what would it take to have that? To set up the kingdom of God on earth. you know. And I know a lot of people that talk about it. They talked about the kingdom as if it's coming. They talk about uh, everything externally. And I began to think well, first of all, is it really that diff- difficult? Or has it already been done? And we have misunderstood or we've been taught incorrectly. So I went to Luke 8 1 to stay amplified. Soon afterwards, Yeshua went out and through towns and villages preaching and bringing the good news, the gospel of the kingdom of God. And the twelve apostles were with him. You know, we we mentioned before that the kingdom of God was the core of the Lord's preaching. The good news of the kingdom was occurring while he was preaching it. It was in effect. It was in process. And as I shared with a brother of mine last night after working on the Bible study, I had this revelation. And I I said to him, I think, I don't think I I know we've been taught incorrectly. I've been on this revelation now for a while, but it becomes clearer and clearer as I look at it. It's like when you stare at something and first it's fuzzy, but then your eyes begin to lock on it. The kingdom of God is here and now. The kingdom of God is here. It's inside of us. It's an inside-out kingdom. It is what he was doing. It was what he was saying. The rule of God, the reign of God. It's always been here because we see it in the Old Testament in Psalm 47, verse 2. For the Lord Most High is awesome. He is a great king over all the earth. Psalm one o three nineteen. the Lord has established his throne in heaven. And his kingdom rules over all. Daniel mentioned it when he talks about in Daniel 4, 17, this decision is by the decree of the watchers. and We know the watchers uh, came down on Mount Hermon. They were set here over mankind. They are the princes of the heavenly or godly principalities. And the sentence by the word of the holy ones, in order that the living may know that the most high rules in the kingdom of men, gives it to whomever he will and sets over it the lowest of men. So even then, the kingdom of God was present in this world, but it was very much external, and it was very much out of reach. But then comes along Jesus of Nazareth, Yeshua, and he begins to speak, and he begins to teach. (coughs) Excuse me, in a way he never heard before. The kingdom of God has come upon you. The kingdom of God is here. The word of the Lord about the kingdom was planted a long time ago. So, of course, is there any indication that it should have grown by now? Well, yes. I'm glad you asked. It's right there in the word. Mark chapter 4, verses 30 through 32. Then he said, To what shall we liken the kingdom of God? Or with what parable shall we picture it? It is like a mustard seed, which when it is sown on the ground is smaller than all the seeds on the earth, but when it is sown, it grows up and becomes greater than all the herbs, shoots out large branches, so that the birds of the air may nest under its shade." He was planting the seeds of the kingdom. Planted for the future, but the seeds were immediately sown. They were growing. Mark 1, verses 14 and 15. Now, after John was put in prison, Yeshua came to Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and saying, The time is fulfilled. And the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. The gospel, the good news, Yeshua was your way into the kingdom. It was your key into the kingdom. It is what allowed you to enter in. The kingdom of God is at hand. It's here and now. Those seeds that he planted have grown. We should have been walking in this a long time ago. Was there any indication that the power of the kingdom was present when the Lord was here? Go with me to Luke chapter 11, verse 20. But if I drive out demons by the finger of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. The Amplified says the kingdom of God has already come upon you. So if he's casting out demons, which he was, by the power of the kingdom of God. It means that the kingdom realm was already released upon the earth. That phrase, the finger of God, is a Hebrew phrase. It's the act of the power of God shown in the plagues of Egypt and the writing of the Ten Commandments. It's also shown uh, with uh, Nebuchadnezzar, many, many, you've been measured and found wanting. Yeshua's miracles, the ones we read about, and even the ones that they didn't tell us about, represented the arrival of God's power and promise. You know, if you order from Amazon, they send you a notice, your product has been delivered, and they show you the picture of it at the door. Or FedEx delivers something to you, they send you a notice, your product has been delivered. The Bible is your notice that the product has been delivered. The kingdom of God has been delivered. His rule, his influence, his power, his reign has come. And we have access to it through Yeshua. The miracles that he demonstrated as victory over the forces of evil, it's here and now. It was then, it's here and now. Then why is evil so rampant in the world? Why is all this ugliness going on? You want to know why? Because the church didn't do its job. The church was misled. The enemy was brilliant leading us away from the truth. The truth is it was always here and it was always within us. Oh yes, I do know that at his coming, at the return of the king, at the return of the Lord, That rule will be manifested naturally, both spiritually and naturally. But right now, August 12th, 2020, the kingdom of God, the rule of God has been extended in and over our lives through the ministry of Yeshua and the ministry of the gospel. Now, the fullness, the consummation of that rule will come and be made complete in the future, but we can walk in it right now. Oh, my goodness, please get this. Your lives would change so dramatically. If you would believe with me that this is a now priority for the church to understand it and live in it to walk in it, and then tend to it. See, a farmer tends the fields towards the harvest. The Lord's entire purpose was to plant the kingdom for the church, for the church to live under its shade and help bring in the harvest. So in thinking about all this, of course, my mind went to the Lord's Prayer have actually been speaking it back to the Lord, not the prayer in and of itself, but what he told us. See, that's what the Holy Spirit's here to do. It's to remind you of what he said. And so when the the Spirit does that, I, I speak it back to the Lord. Go with me first to Matthew 6, verses 9 through 13. In this manner, therefore, pray, forever. Amen. The kingdom is mentioned twice in five lines. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. For yours is the kingdom. Yours is up there and yours is down here. And the power and the glory of it forever. You know, as a child, of course, I was, as I said, I was raised Catholic, but I got delivered from that. But we were taught how to pray this prayer, and boy, I could, I could machine-gut it out. I could rip, it, rip it out there. Never thought about the words. Never listened to the words. But when I read it now, and I take my time with it, and I listen to the words, and I speak them out, I speak them out to the Father. I understand what the Lord was trying to say. It covered all the variety of requests that we could have and make to the Father. It shows us and displays to us the humble attitude that should accompany to the prayer. But the great thing is, he uses a plural pronoun, that this prayer isn't just for one person. It isn't just for their personal needs It's about a community of prayer, like the porch. We're a community. We may be spread out. We may not get to see each other as much as we thought we were going to. Who knows? We will. Things are going to change. When you say our Father, you're talking about all your brothers and sisters. Forgive us. Give us. Don't lead us. Deliver us. We're in this together. The problem is you think you're alone. The problem is you think you're in it all by yourself. But the the basics of the Lord's Prayer are vital for a kingdom life. I want you to start back. Maybe you did it when you first got saved, but it was a ritual. It was a form. Begin to speak the words and think about what you're saying. Apply those words because you're dealing with relationship, our Father, a caring family figure. You're offering him recognition that he's in heaven and he's not of this world. You're offering him worship and adoration. Hallowed be your name. I respect you, Father. I know that you're my dad, but I respect who you are. You are holy. You are set apart. You are unique in character and attributes. I have an anticipation your kingdom is coming the king is coming i am consecrated i'm set apart that your will be done in my life and that it's a universal it's on the it's on the earth but it will conform to the way things are in heaven which of course is the perfect model and we are we should be living in coordination and interaction with heaven it's definitely a supplication and a, and a petition. Give us. We're just seeking the blessings of relationship. And we're being definite about it this day. There's a necessity, our daily bread, that daily necessities, the manna from heaven, whatever they might be. But we are also asking for forgiveness. Forgive us. And you have given us the obligation of forgiving others as you would forgive us. You're telling us to offer love and mercy to those that are indebted to us. But then you're smart enough to say, but you know what? I might screw this up, so guide me. Lead us. Protect us. Don't let temptation have its way with us. That word deliver us is salvation. You know, that's what Jesus means. Yeshua means salvation. Let me walk in this salvation. Let me live in a fallen world, but living in the freedom of who I am in Yeshua because of the blood, because of the cross. Doing it in righteousness, not evil. Doing it in faith because it's his kingdom. Doing it in humility. Doing it in reverence, doing it in timelessness forever. And then I seal the deal with the affirmation, amen. Make it your declaration. Make it your kingdom of God motto. It's only found in two places, Matthew 6, verses 9 through 13, Luke 11, verses 2 through 4. In Matthew, it's included in the Sermon on the Mount, in Luke, it's given as a direct result from the disciples, Luke eleven one. Now it came to pass as he, and he, of course, was Yeshua, was praying in a certain place. And when he ceased, one of the disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. They'd been watching him pray. They'd been watching him go early in the morning, late at night to commune with the Father. They they saw that his prayers were heard. That he was his prayers were different. They were the source of his power, and they wanted it. it. There was a hunger in them to know how to pray, so they asked to be taught. You know, I've been asked. People have heard me pray and said, "How'd you learn how to pray like that?" I tell them, "I don't know." From the minute I got saved, that relationship with the Father was such. It's just in me. I attribute it to the Holy Spirit. I attribute it to the connection to my Heavenly Father. But there's a hunger. There's an intimacy. It was important to the Lord. It it took priority in his life and in his teaching. He was, without a doubt, a man of prayer. Praying in private, praying in public. Sometimes he'd spend whole nights in communion with his heavenly father. I've been in those moments where you're praying and you're praying and you're talking and you're listening and hours go by and you don't even notice it. It felt like minutes. You lose track of time. Well, I think that's because he's outside of time. And when you connect to him, that's where you go. He was always teaching on the subject of prayer. He was always giving them examples. He was urging them to persevere. He was urging them to have faith and have large expectations. So he gave them that model. It's not a ritual like I was taught as a child. It became a ritual. It became rote. I could could repeat it, not even thinking about what I was saying. But now I realize that in the first part of it, All my thought, all my attention is directed towards God, my heavenly father, his greatness and his purposes. And the second part is directed towards our human condition and needs. But they're they're both closely closely related. And that lines up throughout the whole prayer. They're inseparable with one another. God and his great purposes our conditions our needs and our wants that's the kingdom coming to us through his will luke 11:4 and forgive us our sins for we ourselves also forgive everyone who is indebted to us who has offended us or done us wrong and bring us not into temptation, but rescue us from evil. That that part there has always been misunderstood that, oh, God leads us into sin. He leads us into temptation. I thought that because I didn't understand what I was saying, but that's not what he's saying. The point of that prayer is, help me to avoid sin. Lead me and I will follow. And that's confirmed in James one thirteen. Let no one say when he's tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. James 1, 2 and 4, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work. That you may be perfect, complete, and lacking nothing. Remember that phrase, that you may be perfect, complete. So any testing we go through produces growth. It's a part of our life. It's a part of our walk. That's not what we're praying against. What we're praying against, protect us during temptation. Allow us to make the right decisions. Allow us to hear your voice and listen. You know, what Kim mentioned in her the praise report and prayer request, that's part of the growth process. To hear the voice of the Lord, trust them implicitly, explicitly, and do it immediately. But then when we don't, we mess up to remember, oh, that's what he was trying to protect me from. No condemnation. You get to make it right. You get to get it right the next time. That's training. That's That takes time. That kind of faith is built Faith is like a muscle. You have to exercise it. It has to grow. You have to allow it to grow. But if we first seek the glory of God, we seek the glory of the Father, it will always end in our good. And when we hallow his name, when we recognize, hey, wow, my dad is God. God. My Father is the creator of all creation. He's holy. And I'm sanctified by him in that relationship. So look at the three requests again. Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's the kingdom. In the kingdom, his name is glorified. It's hallowed. It's honored. It brings all people to respect and reverence to him. Not the kingdom of the world. Not the fallen world system. Not anything the enemy does. The kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is about God. It doesn't glorify man. It doesn't further man's schemes. That's how I know Whether somebody's walking in the kingdom of God or their own man-made kingdom. We want his kingdom to come. Extend your rule over our lives. Your will be done just like it is in heaven. You know what? There were angels that questioned his will and they fell and they got thrown out and they got cast out. For all of eternity, they will be separated from their father. They will live in torment because of it. I will tell you something very clearly. Just through my limited understanding, I can't even imagine how they feel. When you're outside the will of God, it is tormenting. It is horrible. No, Lord, I want to live under your will. I want to live under the shadow of your wings. I want to live under the branches of that tree. Extend your rule over my life. And the great thing about the Lord, when he preached this, he was inviting everyone who wanted to, to enter the kingdom of God, to open up their lives to the rule of God the Father. He invited everyone. Think about that. He invited everyone. He went everywhere. He preached this same message no matter who was in the crowd. He didn't restrict the invitation to respectable people or to the religious or the wealthy or the, power, the powerful, which in that day and even now people think are the signs of God's blessings. No, not always. Sometimes the God of this world is involved in that equation. But he gave no distinction. All who are welcome. He talked about sending out his servants into the highways and the hedges to urge people to come into the kingdom. Hey, come on. Get out of that kingdom. Get out of that ugly world. It's safe over here. There's food over here. There's people that love you over here. And you would think that everyone would run into that. But they don't. So I talked about it was more difficult for a rich man to enter the kingdom than for a camel to go through the eye of the needle in Matthew 19, 24. And we discussed that in great detail. But the tax collectors and the prostitutes, they entered the kingdom before the moral and the righteous people in Matthew 21, 31. Why is that? You know, I was thinking about that. I looked at that. You know why? Why? People in sin know they're in sin. Unless they're completely demonically possessed and they no longer have use of their own faculties, they know. The prostitutes know. The greedy, the tax collectors of that day, they knew. They knew what they were doing was wrong. And here comes this man and says, Hey, are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? You don't have to be that way anymore. That's God's love. That's God's grace. Just think if we lived like that. Just think if we stopped judging people and started seeing them through His eyes, through the eyes of the kingdom, and getting through the Holy Spirit revelation knowledge to understand what it what their issue was and speaking to that issue. Hey, I know. What your earthly father did to you was ugly, it was wrong, it was disgusting. I know that you felt let down and rejected because nobody wanted to help you. Nobody cared, but there was one person who cared. There was one person who was watching and do the best he could to protect you from within the restrictions he was given by those around you and those in control. But you can make a choice right now, and you can be free from all of that. You can be free from all the baggage you can be free from all the pain you can finally set down this weight this rock that you've been carrying your whole life and come upon the rock come stand upon the rock get up on higher ground get away from all that be delivered from all the things done to you that's the kingdom of god that's my heart's cry to be able to go out there and in destroying the works of the enemy and setting the captives free, taking someone out of the kingdom of this world, out of the kingdom of darkness, and translating them into the kingdom of his son, the kingdom of God. God's grace and his love for people, his kingdom was offered to everyone who knew his son and who his son knew think about that i've I've been to big parties and special events, sometimes as somebody's security sometimes invited. can't get in without the ticket. you don't have the ticket you're not getting in. They don't care, but this is different. Hey, I know your son. your son knows me. If you check with him, he knows my name. Oh, yep, I see it right here. Come on in. That's what he was trying to tell them in teaching them this prayer. He told them what to pray. He told them how to pray. But more than that, he was giving them a model of intimacy. He was showing them what comes from this because right after in Luke 11, starting with verse 5, he begins to show what kingdom of God principles happen. Go with me to Luke 11, verse 5. And I never caught it before. Folks, I've been doing this now a while. And today I caught it. The timing of this parable was his way of reinforcing what he had just taught. Which of you shall have a friend and go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has come to me on his journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within and say, Do not trouble me. The door is now shut. My children are in bed. I'm in bed. I cannot rise and give it to you. I say to you, though, he will not rise and give it to him because he is his friend. Yet because of his persistence, he will rise and give him as many as he needs because that person's going to stand out there knocking on their door, banging, saying, hey, I know it. I hear you. It's late, but my friend's here. He's hungry. I have nothing. I know you do. Please help me. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you, for everyone who asks receives. And he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? I always thought that was weird till I looked up the historicity of it. And in that time, there was this white scorpion that when its tail was curled and it was curled up, it looked like a white egg from a distance till you reached down to grab it. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, How much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? You know, Luke 11, it's the the Holy Spirit, but in in Matthew 7, he says good things. But I'm going to read it again because I want you to get it. Some of you are struggling. You're trying to break through. Larry and I pray almost every day. We're breaking through. We're pounding. We're seeking. We're knocking. We're petitioning. We're coming as his sons dreams and visions, kingdom, things that have to happen. Ask, and it will be given to you. This is Matthew 7, 7 through 11. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. To him who knocks, it will be opened. What man is there among you? If a son asks for bread, will give him a stone. Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? Will your Father in heaven good, good things instead of the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? See, Luke has got the Father giving the Holy Spirit. He considers good gifts to men are all in the matchless gift of the Holy Spirit, which is then reflected in the book of Acts. But let me say this to you. Some of you have been praying, and you've been praying, and you've been praying, and nothing's been happening, but you see, you don't understand something. This is a kingdom principle. Let me let you in on this. You're praying from a finite mind in a world ruled by seconds, minutes, hours, days, months, years. He lives outside of time. One time when we were praying, and we were being very specific, and we were sharing with him the dreams and the visions that he had shared back with us, All of a sudden, I heard him say, you've already spent that money. I went, huh? You've already spent it. It's already happened. Now, most people go, now, that makes no sense. But I get it. He's not looking at me in the here and now. He's looking forward and seeing it's already happened. He lives outside of time. Everything you can think about, everything you can pray about has already happened. That's how he knows the end from the beginning. So it was his way of telling me, not only are you going to get it, but you've already had it. Not only are you going to use it, but you've already done it. Trust me. The timeline will catch up. You will catch up to that moment. You will experience that moment. Believing, receive. Pray somebody into the kingdom. Don't give up. Don't stop. Don't look at them in the natural. Pray them in. Speak to things not as they are, but as they should be. That's what that means. I don't, I don't know if that works about growing hair or not or getting hair back, but who knows? It might. But speak to things not as they are, not as you see them in the natural, but as they should be in the spirit. Oh, well, let's, let's reapply that. Not as you see it right now in the here in the kingdom, but as it should be in heaven. So, Father, whatever's in heaven, whatever has happened in heaven, what lines, whatever lines up with your will in heaven, let it be so in my life now here on earth. I want to glorify you. I want to go serve my father in my father's business. Hey, here's my card Kingdom of God business. That's my father's company. Yep, I work for him. Benefits are really good. This isn't that he has to be badgered into action on behalf of his kingdom. But it's the fact that he responds to open, confident, trusting approach of his children. In the kingdom of God, there is confidence in our intimate relationship with him. Just like an infant trusts their parents for food, for love, and protection, that baby will cry in that crib and cry and cry and cry, and then it'll come. What do they learn? Action, reaction. Why don't we have that? Why don't we believe that? I'm not telling you to cry and lay in a crib. I'm not sure that works. I'm, that, that's, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is the cry from your heart in accordance with his word, speaking his word back to him. You're not manipulating him. You're doing what the word says do. The other thing about the kingdom, and I mentioned this before, I said to remember it, Matthew five forty eight. Since you are children of a perfect Father in heaven, you are to be perfect like him. And in the Greek and the Aramaic, that word perfect means whole, complete, fully mature, lacking nothing, well-rounded. So being whole, being complete, lacking nothing, being well-rounded, is the kingdom of God here and now on earth. And I get it. The Jews and the early Christians, they believed in two ages, the present evil age and the coming of the good age, but he gave us the kingdom now here on earth, living in it. The age to come when everything is fixed, the end of history, the final judgment, the millennial kingdom, Satan's been defeated, sin's been conquered, no more death. Yeah, that's coming. And that's great, and that's awesome. And I am looking forward to it, but in accordance with his word, I can live into this, I can live in the spiritual, the, the spirituality of it here and now. That the actions of the spirit in my life through the word of God by the word of Yeshua brings about a shift in me. That will be completed at a future date but is already taking place. Getting back to where we started in the beginning. The seeds of that mustard tree. It's within this mindset that we must look at the Lord's Prayer and understand it. So Father, we, we, we just come back to you. We love you. We worship you. You are our heavenly Abba Father. We've had earthly fathers, some good, some not so good. But you surpass them all. You're holy. You're awesome. You're wonderful. But you're our dad. And we want to live a life here and now on earth that matches. Heaven, we want your will done in our life here and now on earth as it is in heaven. We trust you for our daily bread, for the manna, for the provision. We know that you'll forgive us if we adhere to your command to forgive others. We trust that you will not lead us into temptation, not lead us. You'll protect us from the enemy from going in that direction. You'll, you'll cover us. You'll guide us. Because, Lord, we, we live with an expectancy that you're coming back, that this is your kingdom now and forever, and that when you physically come back, the natural things of this world will change. But we just decide here and now we're going to live in the blessings of the kingdom of God now. We're going to help others now. We're going to set the captives free now. We're going to be able to provide for people now. We're going to preach the good news, the gospel of the kingdom. Lord, we can't do that without you. We want to be perfect like you are, but we can't do it without you. Can't do it without you, Holy Spirit. We need you to rule and reign in our lives. We need to hear your voice so clearly and, and explicitly that we just instinctively do what you say. We don't question it. We don't resist it. Lord, I believe the kingdom of God is here. I believe it's here and now. I believe it's inside of us. I believe your spirit connects us to us. I believe that we walk in the spirit. We're not of this world. We're in it, but we're not of it. I believe that when we do that, the enemy has no access to us, can't manipulate us, can't seduce us, can't trick us. Lord, we need you. Your church needs you. Your children need you. What's going on in the world is wrong. And as a representative of your church, I repent and apologize that we've not done what you said to do, we've not tarried, we've not occupied, we've not subjected the enemy, we've not spoken the word in season and out, we've not given a good defense of why we believe what we believe, we've been shut up, we've been put down, we've sat down, but Father, if I speak for the remnant, I say right now, we get up, we rise up, we stand up, we come to attention, Our eyes are open. The scales have fallen off. We're seeing things we hadn't seen before. Our hearts are melting in compassion for the lost, for the abused, for the dying. That you'll give us wisdom in how to respond and how to react. In who to trust, who not to trust. But our trust is only in you. Men are always going to let us down. Man-made things will always fail us. So, Lord, we look forward to that day when Hasatan is defeated, when the angels are shut down, when the demons are put in prison. But we want to experience it in our life right now. So everyone, Lord, everyone who believes, everyone who has cried out to you, everyone that has opened their heart, maybe they're weeping in tears to you right now. Lord, I'm, I'm just coming to you as your son, as your servant. as your warrior, as your general, as your high priest, on behalf of your children. Deliver it to them, Lord, in accordance with Your will and in accordance with your word. And I pray all these things in Yeshua's name. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace, give you shalom. I'm Richard Grunn. This has been The Porch on Firefall Talk Radio.